Hi everyone! Thank you for joining us. This is Are These Books Drunk? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. And I'm Mariana. This is your book club with a twist, and we are your happy hour girlfriends. Ow, ow. Yes. <laughs> this month, we're reading the sometimes nerve-wracking, sometimes stressful <laughs> story of a fake heiress, My Friend Anna, by Rachel Deloche-Williams. Last week, we found out that the three of us would make fabulous traveling buddies. Yeah, I'm not well, surprised. <clears throat> aside from me wanting to have just enough time to get a bite and a drink or two before the flight. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no. We questioned Anna and Rachel with their ongoing saga and shared how our significant others handle their spidey sense on one or more of our former and or present friendships. Scandalous. Yeah. I must admit, lounging on a tropical island sounds like heaven right now. But chatting Mm. with you two, Tia's, is a close second. Oh, really? Are you sure? Yeah, maybe I should... (laughs) <laughs> think about that one a Rethink little more it. wow <laughs> Ems what's satisfying your taste buds this summer day mm. well you might recognize the name of this drink from one of our chapters this week that's right we are drinking a beautiful cocktail that was mentioned as being a bar's special in the book but it turns out that it's a real drink can you guess what it is Today's cocktail pairing is called the Marrakesh Express. No reminder needed here of what went down in Marrakesh. Mm -hmm. While we're sipping on this Moroccan-themed beverage, what Moroccan mocktail (laughs) will you be enjoying today, Mommy Mariana? Oh, my goodness. Such alliteration. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'll be downing the pomegranate lime spritzer. Mm. Oh, that sounds so good. And make sure if you want to do a mocktail and join me in sipping that mocktail, go to Are These Books Drunk on our Insta page to find out the full recipe. Yeah, Ricardo is still not sharing them with us, so you get to go diving on your own. That bartender, shame on him. Here to share the recipe for this smoky, spicy cocktail is our smoky and spicy bartender, (laughs) Ricardo. 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 Ow. Ciao, ladies. Welcome to the bar. Hi. Are you ready for your Marrakesh Express? Oh, yes. She sure is. <laughs> we'll take the express train, please. Yes. Uh, always express. <laughs> <laughs> always. So I didn't do the, co- the... I didn't make this cocktail. I didn't invent it. So I'm just here to explain it to you okay. and how... And let's go down in the recipe and understand, like, there's a little nuance, a substitution that we can make. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so... Let's start with the ingredients. Easy. One ounce and a half and a half mezcal. One ounce and a half of pomegranate juice. Three quarter of an ounce of lemon juice. Three quarter of an ounce of simple syrup. A teaspoon, in this case, says harissa paste. 
three quarter uh, of a teaspoon of rose water mm-hmm. and uh, our famous uh, egg white slash the vegan option the fifon <laughs> vegan option so as brandy knows better than anyone else when there's egg white we do our dry shake we do our bartender ricardo dry shake yep. yeah so, trademark pending <laughs> <laughs> so if we are using the aquafaba so the vegan version we don't need to do uh to separate it from the rest of the ingredients right. if we do it with the egg white just shake the egg white without uh, the ice for at least 30 seconds and then add the other ingredients mm-hmm. and the ice uh, we shake and strain over ice, over ideally uh, over a big rock of ice, so the dilution it doesn't like affect right. too much the taste of the cocktail. And we are gonna garnish it with a little bit of pomegranate seeds. Ooh, oh. fancy! And this here we have uh, the Marrakesh Express. Because there are few ingredients that are like hard to find. Yeah, they're a little odd. Yeah, the first. Uh, Pomegranate juice, I don't think that you want to squeeze the pomegranate seeds, so <laughs> we are good even if you buy the the juice already. Right. For the harissa paste, I found uh, a lot of different version of substitution, but I think that Brandy did the right thing. Go for the hot sauce that you may have in your house and may like. Yeah. The, the quantity is very small. So it's just to give you a little kick and to balance a little bit because this cocktail has sweet of the simple syrup, the tart of the pomegranate juice, the citrusy of the lemon. So it helps you give the cocktail a more rounded flavor profile. Yeah, Because you're gonna have the sweetness, the citrusy, the spiciness. So uh, as long as you like the hot sauce, go for it. Don't use pepper powder, like my <laughs> wife did. Uh, but, uh, uh, but other than that, uh, I think that the other hard ingredient to find is the rose water. Right. Unfortunately, for the rose water, because it's such a distinctive flavor profile, I have no substitution. Wow. So, uh, unfortunately, you can even go without it. I think that the rose water is the ingredient that gives the particular taste of this cocktail more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that taste of like Mediterranean, African yeah. part. Yeah. So yeah. it's not the spirit, so you can even go without it. It's gonna be a well-balanced cocktail anyway. But the rose water is gonna give the cocktail that very touch. Magical touch. Yes. It, it the, won't be a Marrakesh Express. It'll be a Marrakesh local train or something. Or, <laughs> you know? or like a or like a Broadway Junction Express. Yeah. Right. Of, so like yeah, I mean, could be could be worse, but it could be better. So enjoy your Marrakesh Express, ladies, and a la vostra salute. Gracias, Ricardo. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. All right, women. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Oh. I really like this drink. She's too spicy for you, B. 
No, it's perfect. It's delicious. And I'm so proud of you that you finally did it right. Ricardo <laughs> said that you did it right with the sriracha. He usually calls you That's out that right. you did so well. You're right. Yeah. I'm usually the one in trouble. Yeah, so good for you. Good Thank job. You. It only took a whole season and a couple of episodes, <laughs> but I nailed it. <laughs> Ricardo finally approves. <laughs> right, right. Finally yeah, got I'm the, the one that mark. got shit this time. <laughs> How's yours, Mariana? It's very tasty. Again, very refreshing. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm digging these mocktails. It's beautiful. It is. It's a really beautiful color. And it kind of really matches you, I guess, because of the pomegranate juice. It's maybe a little right. lighter than both of you. Yeah, it looks like the same drink. Yeah. What do you think of it, Miss Emma? I really like it. I feel like I can smell the rose water more than I can taste the rose water, yeah. but I can still tell that it's adding to it. Agreed. I love mezcal and pomegranate juice together. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. A it's a nice yeah. combo. Really good combination. And the foam on this one, too. I don't know what I did right when I dry shook it this time, <laughs> but like I got some really nice foam on this one. How you long did you spend head? shaking it? <laughs> Not no 12 minutes or whatever he said for that one cocktail. I gave it like two or three shakes and I was done. Just enough. <laughs> Something was working in my favor. I don't know. All right, let's talk about this book. Yeah, let's go. This week, it's months later, and Rachel continues to spar with Anna via frustrating text exchanges that just go in circles, always with Anna claiming the money has been wired or the tracking number is on the way, or the bank was supposed to have taken care of it, but they haven't. She meant to call, but she lost all her cell phones. Mm. On and on and on. So finally fed up, Rachel goes to the police, but she's told since the incident happened in Morocco, there's nothing they can do. She goes to the civil court, but is told the amount of money she's dealing with is too high for civil court. When she finally decides to have an intervention with Anna, she learns that two articles had recently been published in the New York Post and the Daily News detailing Anna's fraud attempts at several hotels, as well as a dine-and-dash incident at La Parker Meridian. And there's a court date looming in Anna's future. Mm. Nothing comes of the intervention except for Rachel's confirmation that Anna is a fraud. And Anna almost begins a new con on their friend Beth, (laughs) even as Beth knows she's a con artist. I don't understand how the hell she gets away with this stuff. I know. Seriously. Rachel is finally put in touch with someone at the DA's office who is working on the active criminal investigation against Anna, and she becomes a little obsessed with Anna's social media accounts, constantly checking to see if anything new has posted that can help the case. Where is she now? Does it look like she has plans to return for her September court date? Mm. Meanwhile, Amex has informed Rachel that there's nothing they can do to dispute the charges since Rachel was in possession of the card at the time and even signed for the charge at La Mamunia. But they do agree to reopen an investigation into the charges, and Rachel testifies in the case against Anna. But as this week's chapters end, we're left wondering whether Anna will show up for court at all. Do you think she will? I think it's going to be a little bit of a runaround, but I think she eventually does, probably. What do you think? I'm on the fence. You think, think like, they have to go get her somewhere? I think that might happen. Oh, Interesting. I think she's going to be forced to go, but she's going to have so many lies that I think, like, she maybe thinks that she could get out of it, but I don't think she will. She will. Oh, you think – so you think that Anna still thinks 
she can get away with this. She can weasel her way I out do, of it. I do, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Interesting. Like, even if she know, I think even if she knows deep down that she can't, I think she's so good at telling herself what she yeah. thinks is the truth mm-hmm. that she she probably can uh, um, persuade herself that it's going to be fine. Interesting. I did find myself wondering, especially after that moment at the intervention with Beth, when she ends up like they're literally talking about how this woman is a fraud. She owes both of, you know, both Casey and Rachel all this fucking money. Mm -hmm. And somehow Beth still Anna still convinces Beth to let her sleep on her couch. And then Beth even rents a hotel room for her for the night. And I just found myself wondering, like, clearly she's mastered the the art of the con the long and I found game. myself yeah the long game and I found myself wondering like how many times has she done this like are there people right. all over the world that she owes right. 60 grand to it's crazy to me well and it's crazy that even Rachel and Casey let her stay I was going to say, Rachel, too. No, she she did it shared again. a bed with her. She shared a bed. I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. It's one I thing to let her that. stay in your apartment, which I don't know how I could have I let that happen. Let but another in. thing to let her sleep in your bed with you. With you. I would After never everything. have been able to sleep. No. Oh, my God. I'd murder her in her sleep, I feel like. <laughs> my subconscious mind would, like need to get revenge or something i totally agree with you b i actually thought during that intervention like i'm not the type of person that would let out my aggression in like a brawl but i feel like i would have in literally, this case yeah probably gone after since, her physically yeah especially <laughs> since she was giving such frustrating like bitchy answers to everything. in text messages but yeah even in person it was just a like well how can you say that I'm a fraud or like she just seems to have some little remark for everything everything that just sends everything in a circle it's never just a direct answer and she's such a narcissist because she would always turn the story back on her and she's like well what right. about me what about my parents what about like what happened to me you guys need to understand right just like what is wrong with you oh all? my god well and what about her her sad little lament about like, well, if I go home, they're going to make me get a job. No, get a job. And Rachel's okay, like, bitch. I'm working a real fucking job here to pay <laughs> off your debt. Right. Like, I'm about to lose it because of what right. you've done to me. Right. Oh, Around that time was also the first time that the seed was planted in my head that maybe she doesn't have parents. Oh, I, I think it was too. Rachel that asked her, like, do you have parents? Like, are your parents around? Right. I wonder if... Like they've died, or mm. they like, um, like disowned her, disowned or her, or she was yeah. adopted. You know, like, and she doesn't have a relationship. I don't know. That was the first time I was like, oh, yeah, that possibly she doesn't have a family at all. That's why she's right. not going to her parents. Mm-hmm. Right. It was very weird though when they asked her, like, "Do you have a dad?" And she res- the, her response was so strange. She said, "I have a dad. I have a dad." And it's like, well. Yeah. Yeah, of course you have a dad. She was like, like Meisnering it. She's like he? doing repetition <laughs> to like make it true. Yeah, yeah, to make it real or something. It was very bizarre. Why doesn't she just tell the truth? Is it because it's just too hard to admit that she's been lying this whole time or she's worried that she'll go to jail? Like, why do you think she just can't tell the fucking truth? After all these people are coming at her and clearly are on to her. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if it were me, I probably at that point would have been like, okay, 
I, I think up. she can't give up the image. I think mm-hmm. she's worked so mm-hmm. hard to build up this image of who she is to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she refuses to let that crumble. No, and according to Rachel and to some other people, like this seems to be like she has become brilliant at this long game. Like this right. is something that she's created for herself. And she actually, I think it, it motivates her to keep going to see how far she could go. Like this is right. this is a game for her. And she right. doesn't want to let that go. Even where this week's chapters end and she's at Chateau. Yeah, the Chateau Marmont. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That really famous expensive hotel. It's yeah. like, how did they let her check in? After, I know. She's in the press. How did how? she buy a plane ticket? Like how is she doing these things? I really hope that I hope that there's answers at the end of next week as we close this up. I like I I I need to know. I need to know how this is happening. I need to know same where it's coming from, how she's getting away with it. Are you planning on doing something similarly? Yeah, I want answers to. Yeah, I think you did say last week. You were like, (laughs) I really need to understand how she's doing this. (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't take into account that you're hurting so many freaking people on the way. Yeah, you know what I found myself wondering too is what is what is the end game going to be for Rachel at this point? Because if a judge does say, okay. You do owe this money. This was fraudulent activity. You need to pay this woman back. It's not like Anna has any money. So, like, how is Rachel going to get paid? Yeah. And is American Express going to hold her accountable for that money? What is she hoping will happen? Yeah. I was actually really surprised, too, as to how many people or when she went to uh, the cops for the first time. And then she went like when she kept on telling her case over and over or like what had happened to her, how people would completely turn her down. Like the civil court, like everything right. was done. I was just, I was pretty much flabbergasted as like had the reactions to everybody and people yeah. that actually, that are professionals at this, that this is what they do. And they would right. just find a loophole or something to not help her. What about the one lawyer? What did that, what did that jerk of a lawyer that she called say to her, was it worth it or something like that? Did you learn your lesson? Did Did you learn your lesson? What a fucking jerk. Do you want to pay for my son's medical school too? Uh, Right. All in all, all of those male reactions to her, like the one that really got me when she was trying to file a police report and the officer said to her, with your face, you could start a GoFundMe page to get your money back? Yes. Oh my Like, it's so infuriating to already feel like you're helpless and that you're stuck and that no one is hearing you and doing anything to help you. And then for someone to come at you with a comment like that, it's like, yeah, seriously, dude. Yeah, agreed. That really pissed me off. But there was one encounter that day when she was um, basically pounding the pavement, making her rounds, trying to figure out how she was going to get help. Mm -hmm. There was one encounter that I really thought was very sweet, and I wondered um, what your thoughts on it were. I really loved the moment when she's uh, she takes that little lunch break. I think the civil court is on a lunch break, so she goes. She ends up at some bar having Mm -hmm. lunch, and she's telling the bartender and a couple of customers her crazy story. And the bartender, after hearing everything, gives her her lunch on the house. And I just thought that was such a sweet little human moment of hope. Like, I feel like it just gave her the little boost that she needed to be like, oh, yeah, like, people 
are inherently good. Like not mm-hmm. everybody is a scammer. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if either of you ever had a memorable moment like that, a mm-hmm. moment when life had you so down and then some kind stranger extended a hand, however small. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be grand. Yeah, you truly never know where help is going to come from sometimes. And it's crazy that you're asking this question because I just had a situation happen to me yesterday. What? Yesterday afternoon. I... I pretty much was reminded of the kindness of strangers and that they're just selfless people in the world that will bring a smile to someone's face just because. Mm. Without even them knowing, I think. Sometimes they just do it because that's who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my mom, today's her last day of school teaching. Yesterday, they were all, pretty much her and her students were having a party and then she FaceTimes me and I thought she was FaceTiming me to check in after my one of my prenatal appointments, but she was FaceTiming me. She's like, I really want to show you something. I'm like, okay. Apparently a colleague of hers who she's not very close to sends a student to her room with a huge bag, gift bag. The student comes in, my mom starts pulling out onesies and like all these adorable new girl baby clothes and pacifiers and little um, socks and like the little gloves that they wear on their hands so they won't scratch their faces. Like I'm telling you, it was probably maybe like 30 items in this bag. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I, I don't know this person. My mom is not close to her. She's she's always been nice to her. And this woman not only is a new mom, but she's currently pregnant and she just wanted to share the love. That's so sweet. And it kind of came at the perfect time because right now, since I'm very much planning and trying to figure out like what should go on my registry and when things I need to buy and what are the must haves. So it's very well overwhelming right now. And to have someone that I don't even know. Just want to share like the things that you might want to have or just share the love for, for, you know, having a new baby. It was like the coolest thing. Oh, not even knowing this woman. It's just such, and, and she knew how much it would, how happy it would make my mom. Mm. But it may, it really just, it it surprised me. And it really made me think of, of people out there that just, they just do things that out of their kindness of their heart. Yeah. yeah. Just paying it forward. Yeah. 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 I feel like I must have had so many of these experiences, especially living in New York, because I feel like yeah. there's just so many weird, random um, interactions that you have with people that I'm sure that there's a lot, but I can't think of any in the moment. The one that actually came to mind was not a stranger, but something my dad did this was several years ago i i love buying cards for people and i'll really like go in to like find the perfect card for people like i love spending time picking out cards and and like i go in because sometimes that's just like my gift for people Mm. and so i had went to papyrus Oh, I love Papyrus. <laughs> I've given it up. Sorry, Papyrus, for Paper Source. Um, I like Paper I think Source, their cards too. Are cuter. Yeah. <laughs> but there was this one Christmas. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do gifts for everyone. So I was like, well, I'll just get, like, really nice cards for people. And I bought a ton. And I think I had spent, like, $70 on Christmas cards mm. because – 
that was just my thing. And I had them in a little papyrus bag. And then I went to another store looking for something else. And I must have, or not must have, I did. I left the bag of all of my Christmas cards in the store. Oh, my God. And didn't realize it until it was too late. And then I called the store to ask about it. And they said, oh, yeah, we saw that. Uh, We assumed that it was trash. We threw it away. No way. you got to be kidding me. So they threw away my bag, $70 worth of Christmas cards, and I was so upset. And I think I made a Facebook status about it, like something snarky, like to the person that threw (laughs) away, you know, $70 worth of Christmas cards, like happy holidays, bah humbug, something like that. Sure, sure. My dad called me like 10 minutes later and was like, Hey, I saw your Facebook post. There's a gift card at Papyrus for $70. Oh. It's so sweet. <laughs> I cried. It's sweetest. And um and so he felt so bad that he wanted me to be able to like go back and and rebuy the card. So he had he made like a a gift card at the store. Um, That's so nice. So that was just like one of those like small acts of kindness that wasn't even that small. It was so touching. And, you know, he did it without talking to me beforehand. Mm -hmm. He just kind of did it. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, here, this, I don't know. It just, those, those, um, those acts of kindness, that's my love language. My love language is, is um, oh, acts, acts of, of service. service. Yeah. And oh. so when people like make, make a point to do something like that, it like really gets me. But I will say on the flip side, I really love doing this for people whenever I get a chance. And that was one thing that I really liked. One of the few things that I enjoyed about working as a server in a restaurant was that I felt like I was able to, sorry if any of my managers are listening to this, my old (laughs) managers, but I used to give away free things all the time. Like one time I was waiting on this couple and the guy got broken up with at the table. So like they were having a really great time and I guess they got in a fight when I was away and then she stormed off and I came back to the table to check on them and he was like, I think I just got broken up with. Oh God. So I brought him a shot of tequila. I'd like, you know, sent him some stuff. Like I really, I liked being able to do little things like that. Yeah. Yeah, You can never go wrong with tequila. Yeah. Yeah. Also that. That's beautiful, Emma. Good for you. That is so lovely. I used to I used to work at Starbucks and so I used to get to do things like that all the time. That yeah. it's it's so funny because people, especially in New York, I feel like are not used to having something nice done for them. So mm-hmm. every once in a while, like if I made an extra drink or it was an accidental mm-hmm. drink or something, I would give it to somebody waiting and just be like, Do you want to give it to a friend or like, you know, something like that? And people would be like, What do you mean? Right. Like, oh, it's just it's just an extra drink. Like it's a latte. If you know somebody at work who might want it, like feel free to take mm-hmm. it. And they're like, well, like, do you want do you want me sure? to pay for yeah, it? Like, yeah. they, were, they were just <laughs> yeah, like they just could not understand. Like you're just gonna get a latte for free. Is this Aww. really happening? If you want it, like if you want it, it's Aww. yours. Um, yeah, mine. My, the one that came to mind for me that's it's weirdly not like a person necessarily who did this, but I was having like the most probably one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through a couple of years ago. And I had gotten on the subway right after getting this really horrible news. And I was headed downtown and just like stunned. Like I wasn't crying on the train, but like I had been crying. And I was just 
my face must have just registered mm. anguish or yeah. something, even though I wasn't crying. And I saw this couple, it was a packed train car, and I saw this couple sitting down, and I just kind of saw the woman see me and like mm. notice me. And I could tell that she was, I saw it register on her face. Like, I wonder what's wrong. Like, I wonder if she's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which just kind of made me feel good you know what I mean just that somebody on a packed train would notice that like somebody's not okay was you such were a scene yeah exactly so then the weird part is our listener Adrian will love this because he's all into coincidences <laughs> hey Adrian I got off the train I went to my it was I was headed to an audition I did my audition I think I saw you at that audition yeah I ran into you I yeah. ran into like a couple of friends I had like conversations with people got back on the train going back uptown to Queens, and not only do I see the exact same couple sitting on the train, so woman pinches her husband and goes, I saw that exact same woman on our way downtown. And so she had, like, it was just the weirdest coincidence of, like, we had both seen each other, we both remembered each other, and Mm -hmm. somehow we had ended up on the same train together again. (laughs) And it was just this little moment of, like, oh... I don't know what that means. It's just a coincidence. But I just felt like the universe was being like, the world is small. It's going to be okay. Like You're being taken care of. Yeah, like somebody's looking out for Mm. you. Um, That's a huge coincidence, too. Out of all of the train cars at all the times and all the At the exact same time. I know. I know. It was nuts. And nuts that she would have remembered, too. But right. she must have remembered because she had seen that I was so, so terrible. Yeah, because yeah, I just looked like a pile of shit. Um, yeah. Anyway, wow. I appreciated that little that little touch point in this book because these chapters have been so stressful that like there was this kind little moment and I just clung to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let's hang on to that. Like you said, a little glimpse of hope. Which we yeah. kind of want. We're kind of hanging on to something. <laughs> and I feel like she really needed it in that moment. Like she needed somebody yeah. to be nice to her. Speaking of needs, I'm just going to go straight oh. into my question. I was going to find a segue, but go ahead, Emma. Sorry, she said the word and I was she like, did. this is my Perfect. time. <laughs> I always feel so awkward just, like, going into the question, like, here's my question, set up, go. <laughs> like, I need to find, a, like, a smoother transition for this. Okay, here's my question. <laughs> While reading this week's chapters, I was pondering on the overall principle of people just wanting their needs met yeah. and following their own truth to feel feel fulfilled. Like, Rachel doesn't stand up for her needs in Morocco by offering to put down her credit cards. And then her need shifts drastically to needing that money reimbursed, which so far doesn't get fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Anna needs to keep her con artist identity in hiding to keep everyone fooled, which she does successfully until she's met with the intervention. And then she starts to crumble. Maybe, kind of, <laughs> as we've talked yeah. about. <laughs> Jesse's needs are to stay the fuck out of the whole mess and do his own thing and go his yeah. own way so as not to get dragged farther into this black hole, and he does just that. So it all got me thinking about ways in which we have been or have not been honest with ourselves in relation to getting our needs addressed. And I am i don't really have, like, a pointed question, just kind of wanted to know overall if any of that resonated with either of you. Mm. Totally, 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 totally. 
it, it makes me think of how I tend to put everyone's needs ahead of mine. Mm-hmm. So I, in return, am accepted, appreciated, liked, and ultimately respected. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. pretty much, I think that's kind of how right. I work. And though this way of behaving has definitely changed for me during the course of my pregnancy, and not yeah. completely, but my priorities are changing. Mm. And now looking back, I wish that I had addressed my needs or had a clear idea of what that meant in the past. But I guess like you kind of live and you learn from those mistakes. And we actually spoke a little bit about this last night because to our listeners, the three of us got together. together. We We enjoyed some cocktails and wine. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of got into this, I think, when we were talking a little bit about our profession and and how we sometimes rely too much on others' opinions, others' experiences, or others' influences to make our own decisions when, in fact, deep down inside, we know what we really want or what our needs truly are. Mm -hmm. But we're not... I guess, courageous enough or maybe don't trust ourselves enough to just say, no, this is what I need. Yeah. And like, granted, there are different stages in in our lives and, and our needs to evolve, but we shouldn't, I should make sure about listening to them because if I don't, then no one will. Mm. Right. I, I, I sometimes also mistake meeting my needs with letting someone else down too. Like, I feel ah. like if if I'm going to meet my needs, then I feel like I'm – if I say no to something, then I feel like someone. I'm – You're someone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, what would they think of me now? Would they think that I'm not reliable anymore? Will they think I'm a flaker and consider it? But it doesn't have to be black and white. Can't we just, like, think about ourselves for once and make sure that we're doing the right thing for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think sometimes also we lie to ourselves like I'll I'll sometimes get into this weird mentality where I think we can't both get our needs met. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I have a need. They have a need. Mm -hmm. We can't both have that even though it. Right. Like there's always conflict. it, It makes no sense. Yeah. Like we can both have what we want or like that, you know, the situation with you, Mariana, where you're like. If I say I can't go out because I just want to hang out at home or whatever, maybe they're not getting their need met. When actually, mm. like, they don't care. They'll go ask somebody else. You're right. To, right. You know what Absolutely I mean? Like, the truth. It's not a real need for them necessarily mm-hmm. to have you be the one who's there. Mm-hmm. We just make up these weird stories. In our head. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> so for true. me also, sometimes it's just hard for me to proclaim a need. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like to need things. I don't like to need things from people, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's hard for me sometimes to even just admit that I need something. Mm-hmm. But what I find ends up happening is that then I just get really frustrated and really angry. And then before I know right. it, I'm blowing up at somebody and they don't even know why. <laughs> and it's right. like, why didn't you just tell them what you needed? And then they would have probably done it because it's not that big a fucking deal (laughs) and it would have been fine (laughs) I think the really tough thing about the situation Rachel's in is that she has this need from Anna and like she has zero control like most of the needs that we have we have control over getting those things she has zero Zero control. control in this situation and it is so dire I'm like so frightened for her Anyway, sorry. What about you, Emma? 
Don't apologize. That's your answering. Of course. I needed to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lame. (laughs) Lame. I think about this. I've been thinking about this a lot recently in relation to um, how grateful I am sometimes that Ricardo will see that sometimes if I'm like in a bad mood, I just need to cry it out. And he gives me that permission. Like some like he'll he'll look at me and be like, do you just want to cry? And then I'm like, yeah. And then I just cry. And then I'm fine. Like a baby. Like I like truly just like a toddler. So cute. But I mean him. That's cute that he does that. Yeah. It's that. so cute that you cry. It's so cute that you cry like that. <laughs> I'm a little baby. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I just it like, I really so sweet. appreciate that he can just like see what I need. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even a big need. It's just, I need to release something. And yeah. he gives me permission and space to do that without feeling bad about it. Um, so that's, I guess, like a separate side note that I just think overall, I think it's really beautiful for someone to know what you might need, even if you don't know it, and to give you yeah. that space. That means that um, he's really in tune with you. Yeah. Like he's really in touch with your, yeah, with your necessities. Aw, bartender yeah. Ricardo. <laughs> That's why he makes such great cocktails for us, because he knows right. what we need. He intuits what we yes. need. He does. I think he really does think that he knows, like, what you need in drinks. <laughs> He's built a connection with the two of you on that. And then also sometimes I think about, like, what's the difference between a need and a want? Because a lot of times mm-hmm. I think that I say I need something, but it, I don't need it. I just want it. And so then I have to get specific. Right. Because then if that can't be met, if it's just a want and it's not an actual necessity, then I have to be okay letting that pass. You know, that, I can't right. hold on to that. Right. Um, Which is tough to digest. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Well, I've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of pondering. Ooh. I, uh, I mean, I think you both know this about me, but. As soon as the weather is like a little bit nice, like if the sun is out or if the temperature, I have this like visceral feeling. It's like I have to be outside. Like Mm -hmm. I have to be outside now and like the whole day. Like if it like even right now, I can see that the sun is out and I'm sitting in this dark booth and I'm like miserable. I'm like I'm missing (gasps) the sun. I mean. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. Reverse, reverse, reverse. (laughs) (laughs) obviously i am so happy to be here with you always i just wish we could do it outside (laughs) um and so i have a lot of and i think a lot of that actually comes down to fomo so this is kind of like taking a a little bit of a turn because ricardo says to me all the time there's gonna be more nice days like just because you're not outside all the time for every beautiful day doesn't mean that you're not going to get to enjoy other nice days right and i think Yes. Okay, this is really taking a turn, but whatever. This is where we're going. I I think to myself, yes, that is true, but also like if we're supposed to be living in this mentality of like living in the moment, the moment. and tomorrow's never granted to you and you never know, then why shouldn't we just be doing what feels good to us all the time? Yeah. Because we don't we're not promised tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right. So like if God forbid this is my last day, I want to be outside. Yeah. So I've been really battling with this like duality of, you know, trying to release a little bit of that FOMO 
and also um, honor the fact that that's what I want. And there's also nothing wrong with that. Like if if that yeah. makes me ha- if nature makes me happy, right? Then fuck everyone else. <laughs> I so feel you on that, Emma. Like a hundred fifty million percent. Yeah. It's this conversation I, I just keep it. having with myself like every day. Like what, what's it. really going on here? Well, why then, so why don't you just go outside? Bye. Just, Bye. Just go outside. <laughs> well, why do you think I didn't want to leave you two after five hours yesterday? Ooh, <laughs> I felt so bad. Oh, I know. Even though I was exhausted. I could tell. I, I was like twindling down. I was like, Whoa. That's our bad. No. Okay, question. Okay. Remind me who Beth is. Like, how does she, how she fits into everything? I was a little confused by that as well. It seems like she's just Casey's friend who, like, calls people on their shit Mm -hmm. is what, is the vibe I got. Yeah, that she had gone through stuff on her own. Like, didn't she separate or something like that? Right. It seems like she had just been through, like, a legal battle or something. Yeah, I I also was a little confused about why she was like running the intervention. Yeah, right. she had never way. met her, but no. also the fact that then Anna called her after the fact. So it's like they're not close, but Anna right. went to Beth. Which also leads me to a question as well. The whole segment when they when Rachel when Anna was asking Rachel via text what other contacts of mine have right. you contacted? Oh. Right. Or like, have you gone through all my contacts yes. or whatever it was? So, and then Rachel questions whether or not someone is playing both of them or someone is on Anna's side and knows what's happening, but then also right. contacting her and being on her side. So I was right. like, whoa, could there mm. be some like an accomplice somewhere? Interesting. I don't know if you guys thought about that. I just got the vibe that like Anna has was making her usual rounds again, like trying to get back into her little socialite Mm. circles. And people were like, what the fuck is going on with you and Rachel? She's calling Uh. everybody saying this stuff. So I think it was just making it hard for her to to wear this persona that she had invented because people are calling her out within Mm -hmm. that group. Social right within Mm -hmm. her group. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's what happens if you're a con artist. Yeah, Emma. <laughs> Don't want to get any ideas. <laughs> Don't. Stop, stop learning from yeah. this book. It's not a textbook, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't fall through this. Oh, gosh. Oh, that tickled me. If it. I, w- I went back, um, and I think you had both already done this, uh, and I had a little bit, but I went back this week after reading these chapters and looked at uh, at Anna's Instagram mm-hmm. uh-huh. feed because Rachel mentioned some very specific photos this mm-hmm. week, and I wanted to see if they were still there, and they are. Like, you can go back and look at these photos, and they still exist on her page. Is the chest one still there? The Actually, that, I, that's the oh, only the one that I did not look for. The original one. But the one with her in the pool when they were in Marrakesh wearing black and it's her feet or whatever, that one's still oh, there. Oh, interesting. Those cryptic ones from the Chateau Marmont <laughs> are still there. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's really interesting. And even weirder for me is this like sort of pride that Anna seems to have about people calling her a sociopath. Like she seems to really have taken that persona on and like... 
she seems to be in love with the fact that people view her this way, in a way. I don't remember who it was. There was a documentary I watched at some point during the year of a serial killer who also got major pride in, in like, setting oh. up clues for people. Oh, and like, wasn't it the don't fuck with cats guy? I guess no, but these... him too. Yeah, he I guess was actually like maybe all of them. It is a, it's a trait, trait, you know. Yeah, right. like they they love that they're bad and that they're doing terrible things, and people are stumped by them and can't figure them right. out. But they're getting little bit of clues. It's like it's almost like they want to be caught, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of get off on like yeah. giving people a little bit of something to see what ha- what comes of it. Totally. And I totally got that vibe in these chapters after they have the intervention and Anna's crying and, you know, trying to tell her story, her sob story and all this. And then after they leave, when Rachel says goodbye to them, she says Anna turns around with a little smile Uh, and says bye. mm -hmm. Almost like she had just been out to drinks with her friends or something. Like, yeah, just... There doesn't seem to be any acceptance or acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of what she's putting anybody through. It's like a show for her or something. It could have also been like, huh, chessmate. What is it? Chessmate? No. Checkmate. Checkmate. (laughs) (laughs) Hence that original chess pose. Yeah. Being like, I won this one. You are all pawns and I'm the queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, there's no natural segue, but kind of. (laughs) Rachel did tell a lot of people about what she was going through or trying to get support and help, except Mm. for her parents. She had a very difficult time doing this. Yeah. Until towards the end of these chapters. Yeah. She found it extremely difficult to tell them and what was actually going on because she knew that she would immediately fall apart and break down as soon as she did. Mm -hmm. I've learned from experience that when something bad happens, like a breakup or a car accident, I keep it together until a loved one gives me a hug. Mm. Oh, Rachel. In the past, I have found that this is also the case for me, even though I'm really close to my parents. Once I tell them, reality strikes. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that both of you have dealt with something similar, but do you have a story or instance to share? Just building off of on that emotional callus that Rachel puts, how she puts it. Hmm. I, yes, to, um, I feel very similar to you in, in both senses, except because I am really close to my parents. But um, I find that actually they're the first ones that I prefer to tell when terrible things happen to. Mm. Um, And like, yes, it makes it a little harder, but it also, I don't know, like I would never not tell them. Like the fact that Mm -hmm. she waited this long. This long. Like that actually stressed me out. I was like, I would have told my parents so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was really homesick my freshman year of college, talking to my mom was one of the only things that like brought me a little comfort. So it was hard, but... I called her like once a week, I think. And I thought when I first went to college, she was like, make sure you like call me every now and then. And I was like, yeah, I'll call you like once a month because I was like, bye. Like I'm on my own. I didn't think I would check in and I ended up calling her all the time. Mm -hmm. So I actually get comfort in confiding things to them. But also like you, I found if I'm going through some shit, 
the second that anyone hugs me or gives me compassion yeah. or any kind of comfort, I fall apart. Even something as simple as like, hey, you doing okay? Like the smallest thing that I'm like, don't talk to me. Mm, like yeah. I actually remember um, I told you or I mentioned this in the podcast too that morning that I had found out that my ex-boyfriend was cheating on me and I had to go into work. I knew that I was going to look like shit and I knew that people were going to like ask me what was up. And so I sent a message. We had like a like a Facebook group and I wrote in the thing, hey, y'all, if you see me today, I'm going through some shit. Don't hug me. Don't talk to me. Because I knew that I would fall apart. Oh, you knew you would cry. And so I had to give like a PSA, like, don't touch me. (laughs) Oh. And and actually, the funny thing is, everyone saw it, and so everyone obeyed. But there's one girl who's not on Facebook, and she didn't see the message. Oh, <laughs> and she no. was she was the one to be like, "Hey, are you okay? Like, oh. you look really." And I was like, "No." <laughs> was like, and then you killed her. <laughs> Don't talk it. to me. <laughs> She's not with us anymore. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so that's funny. I know what I need. There you go. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in ter- I'm, I think I'm pretty similar in terms of if I'm going through something and somebody's kind to me, it, very, very specific people. Like if, if those specific people, my parents are definitely amongst them, but, you know, certain friends and stuff like that, if they're kind to me in those moments, yeah, I will fall apart. <laughs> or like Jason, obviously. I remember years and years and years ago, the boyfriend that I had moved to New York with from Texas, we had both moved here together to go to NYU. Um, and then we had moved in together and gotten an apartment and stuff, but he, we had broken up and he was moving back to Texas and I was just a wreck. We had been together for so many years and like, Mm. he was my dearest friend, obviously. Mm. Like he was, we had moved here together. You know what I mean? Like he was moving out of our apartment to leave the city and I knew that we had needed to break up, but like, it was still just horrible and I had to go to class that day. I had to go to work after that. Like, it, it was just going to be one of those really long days, and yeah. I was dealing with this shit. And I remember I had this really long break between class and work, and I called my manager and because I was just crying. Like, I was just walking around the city crying. Like, I could not stop crying. And one I of the only manager. times <laughs> right <laughs> right well this was i was much younger this was my early 20s um but i called my manager at the time and was like i really need to come into work early and she's like um okay like when and i was like like right now and it was like three I'm hours around the before corner i was supposed to yeah it was like three hours early for my shift and she was like um okay Aww. and i walked in and i'd clearly been crying and i just said to her just please don't ask i just need to, if if i'm at work i will be okay mm, right and so I went to work and I was okay and I didn't, you know, it was fine. Mm. Um, yeah. And then the other instance that comes to mind is I had finally broken off my first engagement with my ex. And we had had so many ups and downs over the years. We had secretly kind of ended things several times. But what made this time real, I felt like, was that I called my mom and I told her mm. we've broken up. And before when when these little breakups had happened and stuff, I just I wouldn't tell my mom because I just knew two days from now we're going to be back together. Right. And I don't want to have said that to my mom. Sure. But I remember consciously making the decision to call her and tell her. And I knew as soon as I tell my mom, this is real and there's no going back. Yeah. Yeah. It It just makes things real. (sighs) Yeah. One thing thing I do want to say, though, Emma, um, before I say the instance that I wanted to talk about, 
I tell my parents everything, but there have been specific instances throughout my life where as soon as I told them, even if I didn't wait, that was like ugh, the, everything, yeah. everything, Aww. the most devastating, overwhelming emotions would like <laughs> get, well, because they, they, they're my support system. Yeah. Aside from Andrew. But anyway, one of them, um, and it's very vivid memory, is when my parents arrived after I had blown out my first knee. Oh. And they already had their flight planned because 24 hours prior to that, they were actually flying in for the engagement, our engagement party. And so when they showed up, It was like I was already starting to face one of the most difficult times in my life. But as soon as my mom hugged me and then my dad hugged me, it was like I was done for it. Yeah. It was just, it was as if I hadn't acknowledged the fact that I would no longer dance for at least a year or so. At that point, I started acknowledging that my contract with the Met would would not happen that like the full length piece that Jennifer Muller was creating on me as her muse would have to like take a back seat and it never happened. My dream of engagement would never be like, it was just seeing all these things and seeing their, the pain in their eyes that they could not do anything for their only child who was dealing with so much pain, both physically and emotionally. Right. Oh, But then again, on the flip side, it was the only way for me to really face that reality and start kind of living my reality. Right. And like start coming to terms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The beginning of that long, slow healing process. Yes. Which is important to go through. Yes. And then start celebrating the actual engagement. Yeah. (laughs) Having the other thing to look forward to. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what happens to Rachel, too, in these chapters is like she's she keeps denying these weird things going on with Anna. She keeps hoping for that this money is going to come through. It's almost like she's putting off acknowledging what has really happened. And it does feel a little bit like it's not until she puts this binder together and starts being proactive that she it seems like that's when she starts accepting. Mm -hmm. I owe this money and like I'm in serious trouble. This money's not coming. Anna's not giving me this money. $62,000. Oh my God. Just. And $109.29 to be exact. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you recover from that. How do you? How do you? I have, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a shit ton of money. Start prostituting and. Yeah. Oh my God. Or find a sugar daddy. Get you an OnlyFans. Yeah. 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 I did love how she labeled her binder or like the idea of it, Operation Clarity. I know. (laughs) She was finally seeing clearly now. Yeah. I just have to say, Brandy, I haven't seen you take a sip of your drink. And so I'm like, are you drinking? I am drinking. Do you it's not like gone. it. Oh, okay. I just needed to call you out. Where's your drink? It's on the floor. Did Is you it even finished? drink it? I'm taking a break. <laughs> okay. 
I hope everyone at home hears that. How dare you turn this around? She's calling me out. That's a very Anna move. She is learning from this book as if it's a textbook. Everybody needs to watch out. Look, I know what I need, and I need to take a break. (laughs) You better support that. Well, I know what I need, and I need you to take a drink. So, (laughs) Uh fine. Mm -hmm. Compromise, folks. Mm -hmm. That's how it's done. Mm -hmm. There. There you go. I have nothing else to say because I just want to get to next week when this wraps up. Same. I just want I just want to get to next week and like know what happens. So same. The only thing that I I did want to say it's just a tiny little thing that I thought was so funny is that when she finally goes to the police, when she finally makes the decision she's going to go to the police precinct to try to file this police report, mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny that she makes a point of mentioning that she wore a white shift dress and her white pearl (laughs) earrings. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was so funny. Like, she clearly had made this choice to try to look as innocent Innocent. and, like, ladylike as possible or something. That's so true. I I totally identified with it because I was like, yeah, I would probably do something (laughs) like that, too. You wouldn't wear, like, thigh-high stiletto boots and, like, a black leather jacket. Right, (laughs) right. I mean business, but I'm innocent. Right. Well, if we don't have anything else for today, I have the final question for you, ladies. Yay! Oh, okay. I would like to know. Okay. If you were a con artist, (laughs) okay, think big here. What fake name would you use for your Instagram handle, and what would you post photos of? Go! (laughs) Oh, I'm nervous for your answer right now. I think it's just, well, well, I'll see with your reaction. At Francesca underscore AM. AM. Because I'm I'm always out until the morning. Oh, (laughs) okay. Francesca, just because I really like that name. I don't know. It seems like a con artist name. Sorry for you, Francesca's out there. Um, <laughs> and what would, your, what would you post photos of? Um, I would say unrecognizable, untraceable landscapes, parts of buildings, <laughs> street lights, body parts, and plants. Body parts? <laughs> Wait, wait, who's your target audience for this Instagram account? Who's going to follow you? I don't know. I don't know. It would definitely not be something I I would do, but I just prepared. I felt like that was the carn artist in me would do that. I don't know. Okay. So there. I don't Save have a us. great answer for this. I I, I, I would be a, like, Victoria Van, like, Vandersloody, like, something that Vandersloody. sounds... I think any name that has, like, a van or a Vaughn in it sounds automatically, like, fancy. Um, yes. So I would be, like, Victoria Van Vandersloody or Vandersloody <laughs> or Slutty or Vandersloody. something. Slutty. Um, yeah, and I guess I would post photos of, I guess I would go to a lot of, like, open houses for, like, really gorgeous apartments that are, like, already, you know, they're usually, like, pre-styled, those apartments, so Mm. I would just get, like, 
key little photos that would make it look like maybe it was mine. Mm -hmm. And then I would go to like really fancy stores and just kind of take random like pictures of my fingernails, but against a very luxurious backdrop or something, you know, just things that made it look like I had a lot of money, even though I didn't. And that's how I get them. (laughs) I would fall for that. Okay, mine is very different. (laughs) My Instagram handle would be foodie69. Oh, and I would be a fake restaurant critic, but like a sexy one. Oh, and I would post photos of like food porn. Oh, I dig that. Like porn with food, like real porn, (laughs) like actual porn. Yeah, sure. Like sushi on somebody's (laughs) very Samantha and Sex Uh, in the City, right? Exactly. Exactly though, just like that. Ooh, no, no, hot soup soup trailing down a leg. I don't know. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all, I know Mariana and Emma super well, and I know nothing makes them happier than getting a review. Like, literally nothing. So if you gave us a review, Emma might give you all her freckles. Mariana might give you her baby. I mean, I'm not kidding. These reviews mean that much to them. Okay, so... So yeah. let's get on it. Totally be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye, baby. You're on board with that, right, Mariana? Yes, yes. And I'm sure that our listeners would like to know us as well as you know us, right? Right. So why not just ask us a probing question? Whatever you're dying to ask one of us three chicas, and we will be super honest with you. And not only that, but we will feature you during our listener question segment. Oh, snap! Ooh. All right. Next week, we're reading to the end of... Of the book. Wow. We can't wait to see how this all ties up in either loose or clean knots. Stay tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk to find out next week's cocktail and mocktail pairing so that you can read along and sip along with us. Cause it's always happy happy hour hour. here. Yeah. Yeah, foodie 69. <laughs> Francesca. Um, at Francesca AM. <laughs> Von Derder Von Smutty. <laughs> you right. see why I put my Marrakesh Express down? Okay. Got it. Bye, right, ladies. Bye, women. Bye. Bye.